Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. We see the syphilitic shrinking obelisk. The white man's wilting dick. We see through dangling jowls of CD game show trolls. The smiling lie of the televised hive. The witches are watching with their thousand eyes. Witches are watching with their thousand eyes. We smell rotten teeth that speak beyond belief. Hi, this is Mark Arnold, and welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 45. This episode is sponsored by the fine folks at Lee's Comics. Hi, I'm George Takei. You know me as Helmsman Sulu on Star Trek. When I'm not busy going Warp Factor 8, I like to beam down to Lee's Comics in Mountain View and spend a lazy afternoon reading comics classics from Marvel to DC, from Dark Horse to Fantagraphics, and everything in between. So please, spend some time here at Lee's Comics and spend your hard-earned cash. <coughs> The Fun Ideas Podcast is made possible by listeners like you and from Lee's Comics of California, selling you what your mother threw out since 1982, online at leescomics.com. As far as Lee's Comics goes, I will be appearing at Lee's Comics booth at BerkeleyCon in Berkeley, California on November 3rd. Stop by and say hi and buy some of my books. I'm working on the same books as I said in recent podcast episodes, so uh, I'll tell you some other things I'm working on. I'm also working on a Harvey Mystery Horror article for Back Issue Magazine, and a Dick Tracy 90th Anniversary article for Hogan's Alley Magazine, using information from today's interview with our guests coming up. I've also made some contributions for Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb's Freaky Magazine, and I recently wrote an article about the revived Crazy Magazine for Chet Reams. Our guest today has worked on a number of comic books as diverse as E-Man and Scooby-Doo. Since 2010, he's been the primary artist on Dick Tracy the Comic Strip. And here he is, Joe Staten. And uh, thank you for sh- uh, joining the show today. Um, before we go talking about Dick Tracy, I just wanted you to just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Uh, well, it, it, it's all tied together because uh, when uh, I, I was uh, attracted to the, the comics pages, the strips, when I was still a little kid, and um, you know the. The story is that, that uh, I, w- I was found in the kitchen floor when I was three or four trying to trace Dick Tracy and the Phantom. So um, so I, I go back a long way with Tracy. And uh, I, I kind of always thought, uh, you know, I should be drawing Dick Tracy. And, uh, <laughs> kind of it, it's follow along with me all along. And uh, I just, uh, you know, eventually wound up doing it. But... Uh, and, and, in the me- 
time. I was uh, always reading comics, especially the strips, and uh, reading uh, the comic books as well, and uh, uh, a lot of Dell Westerns and things like that in those days. And um, uh, I, I, when I uh, went to school as an art major and headed off, I was in uh, I was in Tennessee. I went to school in Kentucky and. I headed off to New York to see if I could get into comics. And, uh, it kind of took a long time to get a break, but I finally did. And I, you know, I've kind of been around since uh, I guess around seventy, seventy-one. Mm-hmm. You know, making a living at it. And that first break was that at Charlton or a different publisher? No, that was actually at Charlton. Okay. Uh, I had done had done one. One maybe two jobs for for Warren, but I don't really figure that as being a, a start or a break in because it didn't really lead to anything. Um, I uh, I actually started at Charlton the day after I got married. Oh. so it's you know that's <laughs> that's uh, you know a good good way to keep track of that. Uh, uh, we were we were very broke, and we were you know we were in New York, and we were heading out to uh, Connecticut for kind of a day or two of a honeymoon. And uh, Charlton was between uh, between New York and uh, and Connecticut, and was in Connecticut, and was on the way to Mystic. So uh, I had my samples. We uh, we uh, <laughs> got in. We went in to see George, uh, uh, George Wildman and Sal Gentemi and. Uh, uh, they uh, saw my samples and decided they were going to give me a shot and gave me a uh, a ghost story uh, <laughs> with a good long deadline, <laughs> and uh, that was the, that was that was my first job. Actually, you know, I got it in, you know, good bit before the deadline. Uh, when we got back to uh, got back to Brooklyn, I could settle back into work and uh, got it done. And they kept on sending me. Uh, more more stories after that so mm-hmm. you know that was that was like my actual start you know get get in at charlton get a uh you know get a story and uh, and keep on going mm-hmm. and did you do work for like all their titles or just kind of more the, the mystery and ghost titles that you're referring to uh it was mostly the uh the ghost story the mystery stuff um I think I did like one or two romances. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody really seemed to think I was cut out for romances. I did uh, <laughs> uh, one or two pages of uh, fillers for war, war books, but that that didn't take. But it was always the uh, the mysteries and the and the ghost stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was I was always up for that, like uh, Ghost Manor, Many Ghosts of Doctor Graves. Uh, uh, Five or six uh, horror horror mystery books they did that I, I worked on. Right, and I know a long time later you worked on Scooby Doo for DC, and but did you work on any of the Scooby Doo when Charlton had the license or no? <laughs> um, I didn't work on Scooby Doo, but uh. I did work on uh, Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch. Oh boy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which which was a. Um, story about an adorable little car and his girlfriend who was also a little car and uh, the trouble they had with a, a gang of uh, rough motorcycles <laughs> uh, inter- interfered with 
so actually, I did, I did that. Uh, John Byrne actually worked on uh, on Wheelie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mike DeFalco wrote some of those. So um, you know, we, uh, actually, uh, when I was you know working at Charlton, and for years after, my mother would tell me, you know, that was her favorite book that I did. And when was I ever going to draw those little cars again? <laughs> and then. But I, I, Go ahead. I'm afraid it didn't come around. <laughs> um, I guess that was your first foray into like humorous type stuff, or was E-Man that? I was going to ask about E-Man because E-Man has some some humor in it. I thought, yeah. Oh yeah, um, I, I think Wheelie came before E-Man. I, okay. Um, yeah, but E-Man, um, now that was uh, with Nick Cuddy and pretty mm-hmm. much Nick's idea, and uh, we had. Uh, had uh, Plastic Man to look at as a, uh, a model when we were working on, on E-Man, so mm-hmm. uh, we had a, had a good mix of uh, action and, and, and humor, so mm-hmm. Nick, had, Nick, Nick had some uh, you know, really colorful characters there, so it, it, was, it was a mix, I, I, I think it worked, a lot, you know, it keeps on coming around. Mm-hmm. And then during that time, um, I know that Mike Curtis, when I interviewed him, he said that you proposed the idea of doing Dick Tracy a long time before you actually started. Were you even thinking of it as far back as the 70s, or was that just like a a pipe dream because Chester Gould was still at the helm? Um, I I didn't really try out or anything for Tracy till after Chester Gould was... uh, was off the strip. Okay. Um, I I think I tried out. It must have been in the eighties. Um, every once in a while, there would be a, a rumor coming around that uh, you know Tracy was opening up for new people, and um, but you know uh, yeah. Fletcher was doing a great job, and um, <laughs> there was no opening until uh, until we actually got it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then Rick died, and Dick Loker came in, and, uh, so they, they kept on going. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Oh, I, uh, okay, I, I, uh, okay, we're we're back to. Uh, talking in turn now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, let's see. And uh, so Mike Curtis did say that you had the idea to do, do, do Dick Tracy. Um, was that because it did become available eventually, or you just had it in the back of your mind over years of working through comic books and things like that? Well, like, like I said, I mean, Tracy was kind of the first thing I ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it, it was always in the back of my mind. I always, you know, wanted, wanted my shot at Tracy, and um, occasionally something would come up. When I was when I was working at DC in uh, in the eighties, um, uh, we proposed, um, and DC was doing the, the really great uh, Batman uh, animated uh, uh, books. Mm-hmm. Uh, we proposed. Um, uh, doing Tracy uh, as a ter- as a uh, team up mm. with uh, with uh, Batman mm. and uh, having Max Collins write it and Terry Beatty ink it and me pencil it and uh, Mike Gold was going to uh, edit it and it actually made some progress in uh, 
you know, at, at D.C., and eventually um, there was a, uh, a time when the uh, uh, the Trib didn't have very good lawyers, and they, uh, mm. you know, kind of killed the whole thing, uh, but uh, we, we, we gave it a good bit of talking, and uh, it, it kind of had kind of had a possibility there for a while and mm. uh, I, I, I think it would have made a great turn, uh, uh, team up you know Tracy and and Batman Adventures mm-hmm. but uh, didn't didn't turn out is there any chance that that might be re- revived at any point or is it pretty much dead for due to all the legal things and you know, I, I don't know. It might actually be an idea that's still around. Uh, various people will occasionally want to publish something, you know, Tracy stories or something. Mm-hmm. And we do an awful lot of uh, crossovers um, with different characters in the strip. Yeah. So, you know, I figure, you know, if we can do crossovers with, with uh, Snuffy Smith and the Spirit, uh, <laughs> you know, that... Batman's, you know, not not out of, out of reason. So, uh, some, somebody might might decide one day that that's that's a great idea and might actually get us to do it. I don't know, but mm-hmm. you know, it would be good. Mm-hmm. And uh, you said you're always a fan. So, when did you start reading uh, Dick Tracy? Uh, when when did I start reading before yeah. I could read? Before I could read. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was, you know. Tracy and, and the uh, comic strips uh, really before I could read. Mm. I, th- I think I actually started to read. My father taught me to read with Superboy comics. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'd go through Superboy and read Superboy. And, um, so I guess, you know, around that time I started actually reading the strips. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. What, what kind of age would that have been? You know, five maybe? Yeah. I guess. Are we talking like the 1940s or something like that, 50s? Yeah, I was born in 48. Oh, okay. So I okay. You know, you know, 52, maybe 51. I don't know. But, okay. You know, pretty early. Yeah. So I, was, mm-hmm. I think I probably, you know, had to learn to read so that I know what was going <laughs> on in the strips. So. And was that the only strip you were attracted to, or were you just attracted to just newspaper strips in general? newspaper strips in general it just always seemed like uh, a really good way to uh, to tell stories and I was always just attracted to the form um, one one uh, picture after another and you get a week's worth and it tells <laughs> a story uh, but uh, things particular I really liked I liked all the you know whatever Milton Kniff was doing uh, I liked Little Abner a lot mm-hmm. uh, uh, Flash Gordon, I think Mac Raboy was doing it back then. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, uh, like like the, uh, Steve Roper, I, I like that a lot. Uh, uh, a, a lot, lot of stuff, and uh, st- sometimes things uh, kind of some of the teenage strips, the Jackson Twins, various things like that. So, oh, oh and Mary Worth, I, I actually <laughs> liked Mary Worth a lot those days. It was really well drawn, mm-hmm. uh, although it's really well drawn now with uh, June Brisbane right. and, uh, and Roy Richard doing it. So, uh, but uh, I really like the uh, those old strips. So. Mm-hmm. And when did you? But, you know, Tracy, Tracy was always my favorite. 
Okay. And I assume you did this. this uh, is, uh, you started probably drawing your own versions of it, or at least the characters. Uh, when did you kind of realize you had kind of artistic talent? When did I decide I wanted to do it? Well, well, I mean, more like uh, I, I, you know, I always hear about like Charles Schultz when he was young. He drew pictures of Popeye and stuff because he really liked Popeye. Uh, so, if you like Dick Tracy, well, when do you think the earliest uh, times you probably drew the characters, or was that just when you got the? Str- go, go ahead. Yeah, I guess I guess I was actually drawing. Uh, drawing strips by, you know, eight or nine, somewhere around like like that. So, and and I was, you know, drawing uh, characters from um, from the comic books as as well. By that time, uh-huh. uh, I really like, you know, the Julie Schwartz uh, science fiction books, Strange Adventures, Mystery in Space, various things like that. So I was always drawing the aliens and um, you know space spaceships and. Uh, such like things, and um, yeah, I was you know always uh, doing it one way or another. Mm-hmm. And let's see, um, I'm going to ask you some historical questions about Dick Tracy. If you don't know him, I mean, I, I I asked these of Mike Curtis, and he he knew them all, but he's a pretty good expert on the character and everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. My- Mike is Mike is the uh, Mike is the authority. He's actually, uh, I believe, Mike has actually read all of the Dick Tracy strips. He claims he has, you know, which is a tremendous feat. It's not as difficult now that it used to be because they've started reprinting them. Uh, but that is a question. Yeah. Since they've started reprinting them, and you're working on it, have you gone back to re-read or reread those from the '30s and and on just to see what was going on back then? Oh yeah, and we and we use those those books for for reference. Uh, IDW sends a, a batch to uh, the trip, and the trip breaks them down, and it out sends out uh, copies to the uh, to the crew. And uh, we we have we uh, bring in a lot of the uh, older characters, and we have flashbacks to the stories. So uh, it's it's really handy having um, having the ID. W books and they're you know almost up through Google's run, mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's what we depend on a lot. And um, one other thing that's uh, you know really great for for reference is uh, uh, you you can always read Dick Tracy at GoComics.com/slash/DickTracy, mm-hmm. and not not only do they post uh, the current strips that Mike and I are doing one one a day and. Uh, they uh, have uh, archives, and um, they, uh, we we can always, uh, you know, just uh, check up on the the archives at Go Comics um, and see what we need. There, you know, there's there's a gap between Gould and uh, and the uh, the Loker material on uh, and Go Comics, but it, it covers uh, an awful lot of stuff, and we we depend on on that a lot. Mm-hmm. Now you say there's a gap there. Do you know why? Is it just because they haven't gotten around to scanning them in, or something, or is there a reason? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you say there's a gap there. Is it because they've just not gotten around to scanning them, or is there any other reason why they would not post those strips as well? Yeah, I don't really know what their uh, what their reason is. That they they just go back to uh, I don't know. I guess they go back to the start of the. 2000s or so, 
so um, so we don't have like um, like the Killian um, strips uh, that are that handy. Mike has them, you know, printed out by, from um, I think you know somebody collected them. Um, so there there is a a, a, a and um, there is a gap there. Hmm. Uh, a lot of uh, Rick Fletcher's stuff uh, that with Max Collins that's been reprinted. So that's you know that's available, and I really you know depend on that a lot. Uh, Rick Fletcher, you know, really uh, really knew how to how to draw and uh, great with guns, and uh, so we depend a lot on on those reprints as well, uh, checkers and such like. So mm-hmm. yeah, so there's there's really not a lot of Tracy that's not available one way or another right now. Mm-hmm. And what what era do you tend to like of the previous uh, Dick Tracy strips, or even just the Chester Gould years? Uh, do you like the earlier strips, or do you like the ones that you read as a kid, or uh, later stuff? <laughs> I guess I would uh, like the stuff that I read as a kid, and especially what I like was Harvey Comics did uh, the uh, reprints of, of the Tracy material. Right. Uh, they did some uh, nice reprints of uh, the uh, sequence of um, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Period and the Son of Flat Top. Mm-hmm. Uh, was was two stories that kind of that that really worked. One one kind of went to the other, and um, so uh, that was that was one I really liked in the Har- Harvey books, mm-hmm. and uh, I still I still think it's really good stuff, <laughs> and I I think that was originally published like in the uh, mid fifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that, and that was that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've I have a few of the Harvey Dick Tracy books, and I also have a few strip collections, but I haven't really compared side by side. Um, I, I assume you've seen both probably more thoroughly than I have. Uh, was there any sort of censorship involved with, when it got into the Harvey books, or did they pretty much run them as is? Um, well, I, I'm pretty sure Mike's <laughs> mentioned it to you. There, yeah. there were. Uh, it was was kind of odd. Um, uh, there would be things like somewhere where somebody would be sucked into some machinery, which would have been actually shown pretty clearly <laughs> in the strip, but the the uh, uh, black and white art would have been blurred out or uh, erased for the uh, Harvey books. Mm. Uh, so you just wind up with uh, like a, a color blur. So. <laughs> One of the things I talked to you, to Mike about is just kind of the inventions over the years. What was your, uh, what what was like the origins of that? I mean, he did kind of go over it, you know, like the two-way wrist radio and things like that. Uh, and uh, what were, do you have any thoughts about those type of inventions? Well, I guess you know Mike probably explained that you know the two-way radio was. Uh, Came after after World War II, and Gould was realizing a lot of things were being miniaturized, and he was just uh, thought, you know, miniaturizing a, a, a walkie-talkie um, would be a good thing for the police to have. So it kind of kind of started from there. Mm-hmm. It had all kinds of occasional uh, the the atom blast, the uh, the flash that. Uh, to blind people when you were going to rob them or something. So, <laughs> and, uh, 
and uh, actually a lot of Tracy's uh, material and in the 50s the uh, was things that are you know very very normal now that were actually real but uh, were just being uh, kind of put into the story uh, a lot of all surveillance material and uh, things for uh, voice recognition a lot a lot of that uh, a lot of ghoul, ghoul stuff was was you know very very authentic. Mm-hmm. Do you think he put that in there because he felt that that would someday be reality, or is he just trying to be like kind of science fiction or something like that? Well, you know, at the first, I, I don't think he thought of it being science fiction. Uh, he just thought it would be uh, something that would be expected in police work. Uh, especially as it actually did turn up in police work. Uh, he, he worked with police uh, agencies and tried to uh, uh, get very authentic uh, uh, techniques for investigations. And it, it wasn't always that, you know, that Tracy uh, shot uh, the uh, the bad guy. That sometimes, you know, there was uh, track him down, you know, yeah. pull, uh, arrest him, so... Uh, yeah, so you need uh, proper proper procedures. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was a much more violent strip in the earlier days than later on. Or do you think it kind of stayed violent <laughs> all throughout? I'm, I'm sorry there? Well, I was saying, uh, do you think it was a more violent strip early on, or was it violent all along? Or did it get kind of toned down as years went on? Well, it, it certainly got turned down a lot as uh, time went on. The uh, the original idea uh, for Tracy was to be violent. Uh, that was uh, <laughs> Chester Gould's uh, marching orders from, uh, from Captain Patterson. He said, uh, you know, when when they hired Gould to do the police strip, that uh, when when you shoot somebody, I want him shot in the head, and I want to see the bullet come out of the back of his head. <laughs> you know, which was, that, was, that was Gould's orders. Wow. So, uh, and and that was you know that um, we we have to tone down the yeah. violence obviously these days. Um, but that's that's something uh, a, a Tracy trademark that that I I do miss is you know the the old bullet to the front of the head just wobbling out with a few uh, bullet a uh, few uh, blood splatters out the back. So, but. Um, it did, you know, it, it had its own charm. Mm-hmm. When, when you're doing people this... Were being, people were being machine gun right and left. and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Various various people died in horrible ways. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it was always, you know, part of, part of the strip, yeah. Yeah. And, and Mike was saying, too, that, like, uh, a lot of times when certain villains like Flat Top Senior were dead... They remained dead. They didn't come back in some weird way. You know, they were they're gone. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I think the rule is that uh, we can bring back. Well, we our own self-imposed rule is that that we can bring back anybody we want to, except Flat Top Senior. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, we as long as we as well, basically as long as Mike comes up with some clever way to bring them back. Mm. Uh, 
Bebop Sr. is uh, totally dead, and uh, we are committed to keeping him dead. Uh, he has a large family. Yes, and, yes. <laughs> uh, various, various members of the family show up uh, fairly often. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Angel Top and Blow Top. Uh, we uh, recently brought uh, back uh, Mrs. Flattop, uh, who was, you know, a, a, an extremely vicious lady who died in a, in a very erotic way. Um, but she, unfortunately, she's dead now. Although I, I think we could probably figure out a good way to bring her back. I really, really liked her. Um, and, and of course, there was, you know, Flattop, uh, Flattop Junior. Right. Died. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, they, the, the family keeps on coming back. So, oh, and um, I, I, I hear there are plans for a character called Over the Top, who is <laughs> like, uh, like 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 Flint Top, Vitamin Flint Heart, who is uh, you know a, ha a ham actor who is known for his over the top. So um, you know over the top acting and Vitamin's a, a regular character, right? When, when you're working on the strips with Mike, uh, do you just let him do the writing, or do you come up with ideas yourself, or uh, give him any sort of guidance when he's coming up with new ideas? Uh, basically, right, um, Mike does the writing. Mm -hmm. uh, he will generally you know, run ideas past me and you know, see if I have any objection to uh, something he's coming up with, but uh, usually, uh, usually it's Mike. Mm -hmm. And uh, occasionally I'll talk him out of killing somebody that I think, you know, <laughs> still deserves another run. So that's, that's basically by input. Yeah. But, um, our, um, our uh, well, she's credited as inker and letterer, but, uh, Shelley Plager, mm -hmm. um, uh, is kind of our editor uh, in-house, and she... Uh, has a, a, a good idea of what actually is rational, what uh, what, what works uh, in the real world, and, uh, <laughs> and she's good on on, cat, on catching um, things where we'll have things happening in the bed, dead of night, and then we'll forget that it'll be daylight. And, uh, yeah, the, the little things that uh, she's she's really good on, on catching all this. And, uh, <laughs> we. Uh, we we depend to a to a, a great degree on on Shelley. So, so uh, you know it's it's a team. We all, all mm -hmm. keep an eye on things, and then but basically the uh, you know the stories all come from Mike. Hmm. Okay. And yeah, you kind of answered one question. I was just saying, is there anything you object to? And yeah, I, I could see killing off a character that you're like, no, let's not kill them off. I want to draw them. <laughs> Um, do you ever do any sort of flashback sequences or anything like that, you know, in order to get, uh, like, a, a f you know, using Flat Top Senior again or any other um, characters, or is that, like, a cop-out? <laughs> uh, no, we will do that. Uh, when we uh, first took over the strip, not too far in, we did a, a flashback to uh, Tracy's original, uh, his first case, uh, when he joined the force. Uh, before he was a, before he was, was actually a detective, and in one way or another, we had, had a lot of the uh, the classic characters uh, turning up, 
uh, just for uh, a strip or two, uh, um, but kind of checking in with them, make, you know, reminding people of what everything was. But uh, so we we had a, a good bit of flashback there, and we, we'll occasionally uh, have other flashbacks to kind of catch people up to speed as to uh, you know who a character is or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned Shelley Plager. I've met with her. She actually lives locally to me here in Oregon. So, and she—I don't know if you knew this. She did the cover of my uh, Harvey, but one of my Harvey books. So, <laughs> and actually illustrated a story that Mike published for Shanda. The actually it was Atomic Mouse. It was for his Shanda Publishing Company. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, great. So yeah. yeah she- Go ahead. Shelly told me one time, you know, uh, Tracy is fine, but her her real uh, loves in comics were uh, uh, Hot Stuff and, and Wendy the Good Little Witch. Yep. Uh, so we we hope sometime, you know, to, to get Hot Stuff to uh, make an appearance for Shelly. <laughs> uh, yeah, she really enjoyed it. I don't know if you've ever seen the cover, but she, I, I just gave her the direction. Put all the major characters you can think of on the cover doing something. And uh, she gave me a couple ideas, but the ultimate cover shows all the different Harvey characters reading Harvey, the Harveyville Fun oh. Times, which was my fanzine. So. <laughs> And yeah, she uh, she doesn't take but doesn't doesn't need much much directions. So no, she's uh, no. you know she she could come up with all sorts of things on her own. Right, <laughs> and it's good. I you know I should probably interview her next uh, uh, since she does like the inking and everything and does your continuity. So I mean that's kind of a a major task just to keep everything you know under control. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she she uh, uh, Gould was was also had problems with uh, characters suddenly changing clothes in the, the middle of a strip or something like that. And Shelley tries to uh, keep us keep us aware of things like that. You know, uh, you know she's uh, very very handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned Chester Gould. Let's just go back to him. Um, I, I said this to Mike, too, and he talked a little bit about this, but, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I always thought that everybody did a comic strip similar to, like, Charles Schultz and Peanuts, all by himself, no help, no assistance, nothing. Uh, but Chester had some uh, help. Uh, so who were the type of people that uh, assisted him on his strip during those years? Well, uh, he had uh, had a great setup. He uh, had a, a, a bought a farm in uh, Woodstock, Illinois, which uh, fortunately I've, I've been out to visit thanks to the Woodstock Fire Department. <laughs> uh, and uh, he set up a, a barn as a, as a, a studio at, um, oh. at uh, various people at various times. He had a, a, quite a crew out there. He, uh, I, think his, uh, I think his brother helped with uh, the lettering and... Oh. Uh, um, he had uh, somebody inking. He had, uh, uh, he had a police consultant. Uh, we have a police consultant. We yeah. had uh, we first had uh, Jim Doherty, and, and now we have Walt Reimer, and uh, so we we keep that going. That's that's part of our crew to have the uh, uh, have a police consultant. Uh, so and, and Gould um, uh, would actually plot the uh, the stories one day at a time. His, his, he and his crew would uh, kind of settle in for the day and figure out, oh, what happens today? And that's, <laughs> that's, how, this, that's 
how his stories were written. Wow, so he really didn't know where the conclusion would be. It'd just be like, well, we're just doing today. <laughs> that's that's right. Wow. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's the, apparently there was a time they, they wrote themselves into a, uh, a, a uh, mystery they couldn't get out of. Uh-oh. Dick Tracy was trapped inside a, I don't know, I guess it was a burned-out volcano, and was uh, the water was rising. I, I don't remember how he got out of that, but it's, it's kind of well-known as, you know, that's one they couldn't figure out. So, uh, hmm. But obviously Tracy survived. Yes. <laughs> Do you know approximately what year that was? Is that something you can reference in a book or find uh, to see where it is? It's in the IDW books, but okay. I, I think it was in the 50s. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to research that and look that up. That'd be interesting to find out yeah. how they resolved it. <laughs> you, you could check with Mike. He, you know, he will he will tell you the uh, the day. Probably, yes. <laughs> so um, this is a kind of a double-edged question, but it's the same. You know, it, it, how far ahead did Chester and his group work on strips? And then present day, how far ahead do you and Mike and everybody work on strips? Hmm. I don't I don't think I've actually seen uh, how often uh, the Gould crew, how, how far ahead they had to work. But, okay. um, probably they, they had to work further ahead than we do because everything uh, was very mechanical in those days and the uh, the, uh, they actually had to uh, make uh, make mats to mm. send around for the uh, reproduction of the strips. You couldn't just uh, uh, send it out and, uh, uh, by email or anything. And um, so, yeah, they probably had to allow quite a bit more time than we do. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, basically, I, I always tell people that for the Sundays we are supposed to have the strips finished six weeks ahead of time and for the dailies uh, four weeks ahead of time and that should allow us uh, enough time to uh, get everything to the syndicate and and, uh, shot out around the country. Um, We have had occasional uh, problems when things will be backed up for one reason or another where we've had to uh, like do a week's worth of continuity overnight and get oh it out the next morning. <laughs> uh, but we don't want to make a make a habit of that. And, and when we do that, we get our pay docked. So that's Ooh. you know that's oh. that's motivation. So yes. <laughs> keep, yeah, keep 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 on on uh, on uh, to the to the schedule, and um, you know every everything goes better. But mm-hmm. um, if if we weren't in the age of uh, of computers, uh, there there have been times we would have had a, a lot of a lot of trouble. So, uh, yeah, because you know, as as you know, Mike is in the middle of, of, a, of a field in Arkansas. I'm mm-hmm. in upstate New York. Shelley's uh, obviously is what Oregon, or and and Shane, our, the colorist, is uh, outside of Detroit. Uh, this, wow. <laughs> our editor, our, tra- our editor uh, Tracy, is at, at the trip in, in Chicago, and mm-hmm. uh, I think the syndicate is actually in Dallas now. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, so if, if if we weren't able to move things around, you know, in, in this, in this <laughs> immediately, 
there's no way we'd, we'd get this done. Yeah. But, you know, Ch Chester Gould, like I was saying, he had as many people as we have, mm -hmm. uh, but he had them all in a barn. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's funny. In <laughs> uh, uh, Woodstock, Illinois. So we have the same same people, same number of people. They're mm -hmm. just all over the country. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, let me ask you this, and I, I, I didn't even ask Mike this, so uh, it didn't even occur to me that everybody is all over the country. Uh, so what is the process? So you know, I assume Mike comes up with the idea first and then it gets to you. So how, what, what is the process of doing a strip, Sunday or daily? Um, okay, well, the, uh, the uh, Sundays I'll actually ink. On, on paper, you know, mm -hmm. very old school, and Shelley inks the uh, the uh, the dailies. I ink the Sundays, she inks the dailies. Uh, she inks those digitally. Mm -hmm. um, but to start with, uh, Mike will, will come up with an idea. Sometimes he'll uh, tell me, you know, what he's got in mind, or check with any ideas I might want to throw in. But basically, you know, Mike will come up with the idea. He will uh, check in with... Uh, with the trip at Tracy, and uh, he'll, he um, will start start writing. Uh, the way he writes is to do uh, kind of little storyboards, hmm. uh, um, which I think uh, he learned working at Harvey. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's at that he will uh, first. He runs those uh, by the trip, see if everything is is okay there. If he's not gone off into something that's, you know, totally not acceptable, and uh, <laughs> they will, you know, usually it says, okay, you know, no problem, and then they'll say, uh, sometimes they'll say, uh-oh, this is a direction we don't really want to get into, and, uh, but usually it's, it's just go ahead with the script, and he keeps, on, and he uh, will write, uh, uh, write and sketch his little, his storyboards, mm -hmm. and he'll scan those. And he'll uh, what, uh, send those to me, and I'll use uh, his, uh, his storyboards and elaborate them, and uh, do finished pencils for uh, the dailies, and I'll uh, do the inks for the uh, for the Sundays. Mm -hmm. And then from from there, uh, I'll, I'll scan uh, the. Uh, the pencils for the uh, for the dailies, and send those on to to Shelley, and she'll ink them and uh, letter them. She picks up the lettering from his storyboards, uh, so she'll do uh, you know finished uh, finished art there, and that all goes through the through the syndicate. Um, and for the Sundays, uh, I'll send the uh, finished inks, scans of those to Shelley, and she'll drop in the lettering and send that on to Shane, and he'll color them. Oh, okay. And that goes back through the, uh, uh, you know, back to the to the trip. So it's uh, everything goes kind of by everybody. Everybody <laughs> gets uh, scans of everything at every every uh, stage. Uh, Walt Raymer, uh you know, can does the uh, uh, Crime Stoppers, and uh, we have features of uh, Hall of Fame, uh, uh, First Responders, and um, uh, uh, First Responders who died in line of duty. Mm. So we'll, uh, 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 he contributes those. They go into the, uh, to the Sunday strips and uh, uh, so eventually it all comes together. 
Mm-hmm. A couple questions on that process. Um, so you say you still uh, ink the Sunday strips on paper. Are you doing it on a board or literal paper? What what type of uh, ink and pen or pen and ink and paper do you use? Um, actually, what I use uh, now is uh, our uh, comic strip boards from Casson Paper, C-A-S-O-N. Okay. So it has, uh, like, uh, borders that match up to comic strips, and I'm uh, pretty much in the same proportion as for uh, for the strips. So it, it's very handy. I'll, I'll draw on that. And... Um, for uh, I'll do my inking. It's uh, kind of a mix of uh, uh, markers and pens and um, uh, old, uh, you know, Windsor Newton brushes. Mm-hmm. Um, can't can't get the good ink anymore, but <laughs> what we can. So <laughs> that's that's you know that's the problem. I'm sure you've heard that you know the uh, the good materials are no longer available. Right, you right. Do the best you can. So uh, yeah. So, I, so my part of it is uh, very old school. Uh, <laughs> Mike's is, yeah, it, when it gets to Shelley and to Shane, it, it moves into the you know, modern era. Right. <laughs> and um, when you said Mike does storyboards. Do you try to emulate, or does he position the characters or do any sort of layout that you're trying to follow, or do you have free reign to position the characters wherever you feel works best? Uh, I pretty much have free reign on what I want to do. Um, basically, Mike uh, has enough to tell me what's happening in the story. Um, so um, sometimes it, it works fine. I, I just uh, pick up with Mike uh, with what Mike's done, and I'll, I'll just you know kind of finish it off. And mm-hmm. sometimes um, between me and Shelley, we'll completely restage a sequence or something. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that that all goes to Mike to see if it's okay with him, and he he usually says, "Oh yeah, no problem." Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if he had the free reign. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, if Har- Harvey Kurtzman was pretty meticulous that people would have to follow his exact layouts. You know, on on different stories he did, if somebody else was drawing it. So I I didn't know how yeah, Mike I, was on that. Yeah, yeah I I have seen the the, the you know the write ups the. the very little work that Alex Toth did for Kurtzman. Uh, they had, had problems there. <laughs> so, uh, so, so some writers, um, you know, insist you follow everything, and, and some see basically is what they give you as kind of a, uh, a suggestion, you know, a uh, well thought out suggestion, but uh, mm-hmm. subject to uh, changes. So. And, and Mike's Mike's agreeable to, uh, you know. Uh, improvements or adjustments or and uh, actually so am I when Shelley finds something that uh, you know needs, needs fixing she uh, she has all of the abilities to to fix it uh, mm. I I realized uh, I, we, we started realizing that what you know Shelley had you know many uh, abilities uh, uh, on we had a uh, uh, one of our history of uh, police uh, panels for uh, the Crime Stoppers. Um, I, my, my reference showed the character in a World War One uniform. He actually needed to be in a Mountie uniform, and <laughs> oh golly, uh, Shelley just drew him in a Mountie uniform. So uh, that was that was that was just what it needed. And, and then uh, when we were first starting, I you know, got a note from 
Shelley says, Joe, uh, this character that uh, you've drawn Sparkle, it's actually supposed to be Tess. It is okay if I just change it. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, she just does that. <laughs> very, she's very happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we keep mentioning the Crime Stoppers textbook, and uh, how much how much input do you, does everybody have on that, or is it pretty much you just draw a little image for it and it's already written? How how do those appear in the strip? Um, well, those are the uh, the police consultant. Uh, mm-hmm. It was Jim and now it's Walt, and they uh, do the refer- do the uh, the research, and they'll come up with uh, uh, every year. Uh, uh, you know, a few pages of uh, Crime Stopper uh, uh, advice, and uh, you know, a lot of it's classic, like uh, don't don't walk in uh, dark places by yourself, yeah. stuff like that. But a lot, uh, you know, um, uh, the last few years, a lot of it's been you know computer based and mm. uh, warning people not not to uh, let the kiddies you know go online by themselves too much. So. Right. Uh, features to the strip or is it just like its own thing that you just paste along the top Right. <laughs> so, so we, we had uh, uh, 
uh, take off uh, Al Cap's drawing of Lester Gooch to be uh, <laughs> to be the uh, cartoonist Hall of Fame. That's so uh, you know, when we when we did a crossover with the Spirit, uh, you know, we had a, had a nice drawing of Will Eisner. Mm -hmm. uh, Dennis Kitchen wrote us a little uh, 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 bio of, of Will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we we do that. crossover idea start uh, uh, and what what was the first one that you did to, to, if, to, if you remember oh wow it was certainly uh, something Mike came up with uh, uh -huh. uh, when I when I uh, started I had no idea we <laughs> this was going to be a, a part of the strip I thought we were uh, you know just doing um, ongoing stories but Difficulties drawing those characters. Um. <laughs> um, usually not. Okay. Um, um, a lot of you know, a lot of the things are just kind of in in my style. It, it's mm -hmm. you know, ask me to draw Al Cap, that's no problem. I okay. always draw like Al Cap. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but we uh, we did a crossover. Um, Vitamin Flint Heart was in a promotion uh, in a production of uh, King Lear, uh, co-starring Mary Perkins on stage, um, <laughs> and uh, Mary Perkins is so well drawn. I, uh, it's just totally intimidating. Figuring <laughs> out, you know. So I, I, I did uh, best I could, but I, that was that was scary. Oh, <laughs> so hey. <laughs> seek permission like you know you say the spirit like the Will Eisner estate or something like that to use these characters how does that work um, yeah we we definitely have to check into uh, legal permissions and anything like that mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the a lot of the uh, material are things that Trib owns mm -hmm. uh, so we ha we have access to anything that's uh, a, a Trib uh, property okay uh, so and that that uh, covers Mary Perkins and uh, 
Terry and the Pirates and uh, uh, obvious, uh, uh, Little Orphan Annie. I mm-hmm. mean, Annie is now a supporting character in the tr- in the Tracy strip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but some, sometimes, uh, if it, if it's not a trip character, we uh, talk to, uh, well, Mike, Mike uh, tracks down who is the legal owner and, and talks to them and gets gets permission and with the spirit and, and Fearless Fosdick. Uh, Dennis Kitchen uh, uh, represents those properties and mm-hmm. uh, is in good contact with the estate. So, so Dennis uh, uh, arranged for us to do those. Mm-hmm. And we were really, really pleased with, with how that turned out. And mm-hmm. Dennis, Dennis is a great help. Mm-hmm. Has there been anybody that said absolutely not, no, that you've tried to do a crossover with? Uh, not to my knowledge. I think there have been times when Mike wasn't actually able to nail down uh, who who owned the property, and we couldn't couldn't do anything there. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, but generally, if he, uh, I don't think anybody's ever turned us down flat. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yes. Um, mm-hmm. um, there was one. I'm not sure. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, we, we tried to see if uh, Stan Lee could guest star, oh. and uh, uh, Stan uh, Stan's uh, representative said no. His uh, uh, rights were, were uh, tied up, so we, we couldn't uh, we couldn't guest star Stan. Wow. Other than oh, that, yeah. <laughs> other than that, I can't think of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing Mike said, you, know, you mentioned Little Orphan Annie, is that. Uh, apparently the real Little Orphan Annie strip kind of left on a cliffhanger or something, and you guys were able to resolve that cliffhanger in the Dick Tracy strip. Is that correct? That's that's right. The yeah. uh, the uh, Annie strip was canceled just after uh, Annie had been kidnapped uh, by, uh, I think, uh, Guatemalan pirates. Uh, <laughs> so so she she was she was left in, in uh, great uh, great stress. Uh, so Mike Mike thought uh, we really should uh, you know figure out what had happened to Annie and, and have Tracy save her. So uh, <laughs> although I think the way it worked out, uh, Annie actually saved Tracy. But uh, they they both you know they both came through okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, um, it's still a couple years away, but, you know, uh, I assume that the strip will be around in two more years when it's Dick Tracy's 90th anniversary. Um, is there any plans in the strip or outside of the strip just for any major celebrations or anything like that? I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Mike has, uh, has plans. He's, he's mentioned, um, something that, uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure we'll ha- we'll have to come up with a, a, a spectacular story for, for the 90th birthday that's right. that's, uh, that's got to be observed mm-hmm. and then he did he did mention also that you guys put like a together a free comic book like every year or a couple times a year or something for convention purposes and stuff uh, are you still doing those yep, yep. <laughs> Still, still doing that. Um, I'm giving out the uh, collection of the uh, crossover with the spirit now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we figure uh, it, um, there are not too many people see the uh, see the strip on on newspaper in a newspaper the uh, on newsprint on a newspaper the way it's supposed to be. Uh, you know the way God intended. Um, <laughs> but most but but a lot of people. Uh, Actually, follow the strip online, especially at, at Go Comics. Mm-hmm. 
So we, you know, like I said, we depend on them a lot. Um, but we we do uh, collections of a uh, case of various stories, and uh, um, we'll have them at cons and uh, give them out to people so they can uh, see see what the strip looks like on paper on mm-hmm. on uh, newsprint. Uh, so uh, to really get you know the actual feel of how how such things are meant in the old days. Um, one one problem. Mike ran into uh, when he was arranging the, the printing this this last time. It is really hard to uh, get uh, really cheap, crummy newsprint these days. Uh, <laughs> so um, we we wound up having to uh, to print on a slightly better grade of newsprint than we we actually intended. Oh wow! So, uh, <laughs> uh, we got as close as we could. But it uh, it doesn't crumble in your hands uh, the way a real newspaper would in in, in those days. So, mm-hmm. but uh, we, but it's it's on paper and mm-hmm. uh, it looks right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we 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 will uh, keep on doing it. Mm-hmm. It's it's good. And it sounds like you all uh, are loved by the syndicate, and you all still like doing it. So uh, you. Uh, all planning to just continue doing the strip for an indefinite amount of years at this point? Uh, that varies day to day. There are days when I'm, I'm ready to, you know, you know, have Tracy around for, you know, his 120th birthday, but uh, there are days when uh, I think he'll be lucky to make it to the end of the week. Depends <laughs> on, you know, how far behind I am. And, uh, you know, but you, st- but you still enjoy doing it. You still enjoy drawing his adventures, right? I, I do enjoy drawing, drawing Tracy. Uh, you know, I, I do comic uh, comic books for years, and mm-hmm. uh, usually when I get a script, it, it would take a while to sit down um, and you know start start drawing, figuring out uh, what I was supposed to be doing in that that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, with Tracy, no matter what it is, I can just put it on the board and start drawing it. Mm. So, you know, I, you know, had a had a lifetime to uh, figure out how to do it. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it just kind of comes naturally. Mm-hmm. Do you work on any other projects now, or is it pretty much all Dick Tracy at this point? Uh, well, Tracy pretty much takes up most of my time. Um, one thing that, that, that I'm trying to work on, but it's hard to get fo- uh, the time to get it done, is uh, uh, my buddy Chris Mills is starting uh, a really homegrown uh, project of Atomic Comics, and mm-hmm. he's uh, uh, decided to write and, and publish the comics that he really wants to do, which is, you know, DC Comics from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and so he has a lot of uh New material, but uh, in that style. And uh, I'm supposed to be doing a uh, an issue of a book called uh, Space Pirates, hmm. which is has a lot of uh, '60s characters, and some of them, uh, not none of them are, are recognizable, but uh, they're certainly in in that period. And uh, I really want to get that done. And uh, it's it's. Uh, it's uh, on the table, trying trying to get done. <laughs> and um, oh, uh, go ahead. Um, we're talking about other projects, not not that I'm doing now, 
but I do want to put in a plug uh, for a project called The Family Man, mm-hmm. uh, which was published uh, just uh, you know, a few months ago. Um, uh, oh, well, I guess about in, in the 90s. Uh, DC published uh, some uh, small-sized uh, graphic novels, um, uh, mostly crime-related. And I did a project with the novelist uh, Jerome Sharon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about the, it's called uh, it was you know called the Family Man. It's it's in a slightly very uh, distorted uh, future where New York City is in in collapse and the uh the mob and the fa- and the catholic church are in uh, in a struggle to control the city and the uh, the leader of the mob and the leader of the uh the church are, are brothers so mm-hmm. it's uh, uh really uh, I, I think it's a really good project it was uh uh, uh done through IDW and it's uh you know it's, it's worth checking out it's a good, good project. I like, I like to plug it. Okay. It gets, uh, <laughs> yeah, looks, looks, looks very different. But you know, you can see traces of Dick Tracy in there. Okay, <laughs> very good. Um, and then my, when I was interviewing Mike, uh, he said you were the one who tended to make convention appearances. So are there any upcoming appearances by you at uh, conventions? Um, well, I'm, I'm uh, planning to be at Baltimore. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I think that's the the main thing I have coming up now. I'll be at an Albany show in November. Uh, uh, actually, I, I've made the New York show every year up until up until this year, and oh. it conflicted too much with with Baltimore. Oh. <laughs> but uh, so I, I try to hit a, you know some good size shows to give out the uh, uh, the sample books. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, if uh, people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way or website or? Uh... Um, well, I, I, I do have a, a website, joestaten.com, and I'm I'm on Facebook actually. Mm-hmm. If you message me on on Facebook, that's that's usually the best way to get me. All right, and uh, I guess that's all the questions I have. I want to thank you for being a guest with me today. Thank you for listening, and thank you again, Joe Staten, for being my special guest. Episode number 46 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2019 Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you very much and have a good night.
Of your love. 